for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast for you here on your favorite podcast location. Whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. My name is Alfie and I'll be joining you here and delivering to you another brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. And we have another exciting episode of the podcast Coming up for you this week as we cover the world of racing. And in just moments, we will hear from one of the announcers from the Performance Racing Network who will be joining us to talk about the latest in NASCAR news and information, as well as the new schedule that was announced by NASCAR just last week. We will have Mark Garrow of the Performance Racing Network. And then we'll hear from top fuel driver Cody Chrome, who made his debut weekend in the top fuel division at the NHRA at the Midwest Nationals. And then also we'll have the host of PRN at the track, Lenny Batiki, who will deliver to us the latest in short track news and information here on this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And don't forget that the podcast is available for you every Monday, as we mentioned, at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And also congratulations to our great winners. That's right, six lucky winners were able to bring a friend to check out the Roval Race this past Sunday at Charlotte Motor Speedway as well as check out the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And hopefully those great winners enjoyed amazing weekend, uh, just relaxing and enjoying the perfect weather for the Roval Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway and also checking out all the activities and the exhibits available to celebrate NASCAR's 75th anniversary there at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So thanks to everyone for putting that together. Greg Walter, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway, and then also Winston Kelly of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, all great friends of the show. So thanks to them for uh, providing our Charlotte Motor Speedway prize package to six of our lucky radio show and podcast listeners. And, of course, we'll have more tickets to give away to more races in 2024 here on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Now, before we get to our great guests, of course, we've got to take a look at what happened in the world of racing over this past weekend. Now, the truck series off, but they'll be back in action as they will have their elimination race in the round of eight in the truck series playoffs. So once the race is over, we will lose four drivers and then we'll have our four drivers that will battle it out for a championship at Phoenix in the series finale. So as of right now, here are your uh, eight drivers right now still in the playoff picture. Now, Corey Hine has already punched his ticket to the championship four race with his win. He had earlier in the round of eight, so he's automatically in the championship four race at Phoenix. Carson Hosever is your number two driver. Christian Eckes is third. Nicholas Sanchez is in fourth. And these drivers are below the cut line. It's Grant Enfinger in fifth, three points out of the last spot. Ben Rhodes in sixth with uh, minus five. Tyler Majeski is seven at minus 19. And Zane Smith is eight, minus 36. So those are your eight drivers. Still battling it out for a playoff spot in the championship four. The cutoff race in the round of eight in the Truck Series taking place Saturday, October 21st. The green flag dropping at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. At Homestead Miami Speedway, the Baptist Health 200. And you'll be able to catch the race on FS1, 
radio coverage provided by the Motor Racing Network, which can also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Now, taking a look at all the racing action that took place over the weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway, first in the Xfinity Series, as the NASCAR Xfinity Series has a new road course ace. We may be Almendinger 2.0, Sam Mayer quirped after winning Saturday's drive for the Cure 250, presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina at the Charlotte Motor Speedway road course and clinching a spot in the round of eight in the series playoffs. The reference was to A.J. Almendinger, winner of the previous four Xfinity Series races at the 2.32-mile 17-turn circuit. With Almendinger ineligible for the race as a full-time NASCAR Cup driver this year, Mayer took over and got the win he needed to advance in the playoffs. Mayer earned the final spot in the round of eight at the expense of 7th-place finisher Daniel Hamrick, who ran third in a three-way drag race to the finish line with Parker Klingerman and Kaz Grosla when a fifth-place result would have been enough to survive the round. The victory was the third for the 20-year-old driver of the number one junior motorsport Chevrolet all this year and all on road courses. Klingerman, Josh Berry, and Jeb Burton joined Hemrick on the playoff sidelines. Klingerman missed out by five points after coming home sixth. And with the Charlotte race being the cutoff race in the round of 12, we will now reset the points and get set for the round of 8 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Here are things stack up right now. John Hunter Nemechek is your number one ranked driver. Austin Hill is second. Justin Allgaier is third. Sam Mayer in fourth. And then these are the drivers that are under the cut line right now. Cole Custer in fifth. Chandler Smith is sixth. Sheldon Creed is seventh. And Sammy Smith rounds out the top eight and the first race of the round of eight playoffs is coming up this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway Saturday October 4th for the Alscos Uniforms 302 the green flag will drop at 3:30 p.m. Eastern Time you can catch the race on the USA Network and then also radio coverage provided by the Performance Racing Network which can also be heard on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90 and also on the NBC Sports app and now taking a look at the action from the Road Course Roval Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway from this past Sunday. Road Course aficionado A.J. Allmendinger stole some thunder from the NASCAR Cup Series playoff drivers with a convincing victory in Sunday's Bank of America Roval 400 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Road Course. Driving the number 16 colleague racing Chevrolet, Allmendinger led twice for a race-high 46 laps, including the final 33, and beat runner-up William Byron to the finish line by 0.666 seconds to win his first Cup Series race of the season, his first at the Charlotte Road Course, and the third of his Cup Series career all on road courses. Kyle Busch finished third at the 2.32-mile 17-turn circuit two spots shorter of the win he needed to advance to the playoffs round of eight. Joining Bush on the playoff elimination list were Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, and Brad Keselowski. Almendinger took the lead for the final time when Ryan Blaney pitted from the top spot on lap 77 under caution for a wreck in the front stretch chicane involving Denny Hamlin, Ty Dillon, and Mike Rockefeller. The 41-year-old veteran from Los Gatos, California, survived four more cautions and four more restarts before he completed what he termed the drive of my life. Almendinger was weeping during the cool-down lap and teared up in his post-race interview. 
Byron and Ryan Blaney already had advanced to the round of eight in the playoffs by virtue of their respected victories at Texas and Talladega Super Speedway. And the first round of the round of eight will kick off this weekend. And here are the current point standings as we reset everything and get set to begin the round of eight playoffs round in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. William Byron is your number one ranked driver. Martin Truex Jr. is second. Denny Hamlin in third. Kyle Larson is fourth. And then under the cut line right now, Chris Buescher is fifth. Christopher Bell is sixth. Tyler Reddick is seventh. And Ryan Blaney rounds out the top eight. And coming up this weekend is the first race of the round of eight portion of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs as the Cup Series will be at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday, October 15th for the South Point 400. The green flag will drop at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch the race on the big NBC and then radio coverage provided by the Performance Racing Network, which can also be heard on the Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90 and also on the NBC Sports app. Taking a look at the NHRA series, Elite Motorsports, the largest professional team in drag racing, will make its first foray into top fuel at the upcoming In-N-Out Burger NHRA Finals in Pomona. Spencer Hyde will pilot the Elite-sponsored top fuel entry in a dragster owned by Todd and Tony Patton. Hyde, an accomplished drag racer from Ontario, Canada, won the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod presented by JNS Services earlier this year at Bradenton Motorsports Park in Bradenton, Florida. The talented young driver is excited to make his NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series debut after experiencing success behind the wheel of the patent-owned top fuel machine at a couple of match races over the summer. While he garnished significant achievements in several drag racing series, this will be the first time for him to compete in an NHRA-sanctioned event. And the Stampede of Steed and the Texas Fall Nationals are continuing here in Dallas, Texas. They'll be running until the 15th of October. And that is your racing recap for you this week here on the Southern Racing Radio Podcast. Hi, I'm Heather DeBoe, co-host of the Mics Are Hot Podcast, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. As we continue on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as he's going to have a busy couple of weeks here as he'll be anchoring coverage from Charlotte Motor Speedway this upcoming weekend. And then next weekend, he'll be at Las Vegas Motor Speedway covering all the action out there as well for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in one of the many voices you hear calling all the action for PRN. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Mark Nice. Yeah. Well, Mr. Garrow, we really appreciate you taking the time and to join I us. I came with my badge today, so we're good. That's right. For some of our listeners who don't know, not only do you work uh, the NASCAR races for PRN, you also do a, a great four-minute podcast called Garage Pass, which you can get at goprn.com. Uh, you also do uh, a refereeing for, for volleyball. So kind of tell our listeners a little bit about that before we talk some NASCAR real quick. Well, it started out as a hobby, and it's become quickly a second job. I do anything from middle school girls all the way up to Division One college. So I've got a game, a high school game uh, here at the end of the week, uh, the next two nights, and then UNCG Greensboro uh, on Friday night, then head to the Roval on uh, Saturday morning to do that. So it's a full week. 
Wow. Busy, a busy week for you, my friend. But, you know, you love what you do. And when you love what you do, it's uh, you can deal with it and enjoy it. So we like I said, we really appreciate it. I know you have a busy schedule. So thanks so much for doing this. Um, but um, before we get into the playoff action, a few things that are going to be going on with the Cubs series schedule. And I want to kind of touch your bases on a couple of things about it. Uh, number one, I think uh, the, the, the dirt race for Bristol is going away. I know there's been a lot of ups and downs. People either like it, love it. I don't think there was anything in between. It was either you loved it or you hated it. It's good that it's gone. And maybe someday, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, they bring it back for some sort of 10 year anniversary kind of deal. But the racing at Bristol right now on the concrete, I mean, if you looked at what we had uh, here at Bristol just a few weeks ago, you can't bet against that. Even though we finally got a good dirt race, the track was really well prepared. The bottom line is it cost the track probably an extra million, $2 million to run that race, bring the dirt in. And more importantly, believe it or not, to clean the racetrack afterwards, they have to power wash it three to four times from the top all the way back down to the bottom. The amount of people, the amount of hours that that takes is just crazy. And so I think that's a good move. Of course, you know, Atlanta, it looks like we're going to be the second race after the Daytona 500. And more importantly, the second race at Atlanta is going to be moved into the playoff. It looks like that's what's going to open the playoff instead of Darlington. And so that's really exciting for Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, we're really excited about that as well. As you know, Atlanta Motor Speedway is the home track here for for Southern Race Week Radio. So looking forward to that. Also, another move, the NASCAR doubleheader weekend we had with the IndyCar Series has gone away. And now we're going to go back to the Oval. No more road course there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, I know a lot of the drivers really wanted to get back to the Oval at, at Indy because as awesome as it is to win any, whether it's a road course an oval or anything, I think a lot of the drivers really thought that the, the spectacle of the oval race at Indianapolis is what makes that track so special. It's not even close kissing the bricks for the road course or the brickyard 400. There's not a driver that puts on a uniform that would tell you he'd, he'd take the road course over the oval. And it's where these cars belong. Uh, the, the, the road race at Indy is okay. Uh, and that's about all you can say for it. And I think now with this next-gen car, and I think Goodyear coming with some different tires, I think we'll see a better race at the Brickyard than we've seen before or we've seen in a long time. And so I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be a good race and much better, have much more interest, much more coverage uh, than what we had on the Indy Road course. And also the All-Star Race returning to North Wilkesboro Speedway. I think that's a huge news. I think a lot of the fans were really excited about North Wilkesboro uh, last year and now coming back for the All-Star Race. I know there's a lot of talk about what to do with the track as far as if they should repave or what's the deal there. Uh, your there, your thoughts no, on that? The, for, just, just forget about any debate. The track's going to get repaved. It should be repaved. If you saw some of the clips from the modified race and you had close-up views of the racetrack, it has to be done. It's like Atlanta Motor Speedway drivers, don't touch it, don't touch it. And then you had holes in the racetrack a car could nearly fall into, and you can't have that, number one. Number two, it'll be a better race. This isn't the way they used to repave, just throw down the same asphalt that's going up and down the highway. They use different polymers. They have ways of making you know, one part of the track 
stickier and and then the other part of the racetrack so they can create multiple grooves and of course you've got multiple layered banking so it'll be a great job when they repave it at north wilkesboro it will help the race and it's certainly a great thing for north wilkesboro we're going back there i think it could be a mainstay on our schedule it's sort of like taking the all-star game in baseball every year to cooperstown or taking the football all-star game every year to canton ohio i think it's a perfect fit and I think it's going to be at North Wilkesboro for a long time to come. At least I certainly hope that. Speaking with one of the lead announcers for the Performance Racing Network, Mark Garrow, on this week's edition of Southern Racing Radio and the Southern Racing Radio podcast. And the big news uh, this past week, Iowa Speedway is now going to be included into the schedule, taking over the Fontana uh, race weekend. Uh, I think that's huge news. I think that's a great. And I think one thing about NASCAR is they're really trying to expand, moving to different markets, doing different things. Uh, your thoughts on, on NASCAR heading to Iowa next year? I don't want to make anybody in Iowa mad, but they were the number two choice, not number one. Number one was Montreal. They wanted to replace Fontana with it. They could not come to an agreement, which is why we're getting the schedule so late in the season. Everything else was kind of set. But they couldn't get the date done at Montreal. They worked on it to the 11th hour. Didn't happen. Now, Iowa may be number two choice, but I think it's going to make a better race. I love the size of that racetrack. It's almost like the old Rockingham. Rockingham was barely a mile. This one's, what, three quarters, seven eighths eight of a mile. And the Indy cars have put on some pretty good shows there. I'm looking forward to NASCAR going there. So they might have been the number two choice. But among those two races, I think it'll be a better race at Iowa. Now, the playoffs currently underway right now. Any of the playoff drivers that are left in contention that really jump out at you that you think have, you know, that you can see winning the whole thing? Well, William Byron has shown consistent speed, great pit stops, has been really brainy behind the wheel. I mean, this kid, this is a breakout year for Willie B., I think he's in that category right now. And and Denny Hamlin goes into this cutoff race this weekend at Charlotte, I think plus 50 or 55 points above the cut line. All he has to do is basically take the green flag, finish the first stage, and, you know, it's pretty much his. And I, I like Hamlin to get to the final four. I like Byron to get to the final four. The rest of it's, you know, kind of wide open in my opinion right now. But anytime you win – you know, you, you got your Texas winner, uh, you got your Talladega winner. When you win, then you go to the Roble, pressure's off, yes. But more importantly, your team is going like, you know, whatever happens at the Roble here, the car is ready, just let it roll. They're already working on that car to open up round one in Las Vegas. It gives them a little bit of extra time. And if you win that race in Las Vegas to open up the semifinal round, we've seen in the past where that is the leap uh, into – uh, you know, contention for the championship in Phoenix immediately because you get three weeks to massage on a car. And when Joey Logano won last year at Las Vegas, I told everybody, I think he's going to win the championship. And they said, why? I said, crew chief Paul Wolf, one of the best in the business. I said, you give him three weeks to work on a car, three weeks to go to the simulator, try stuff, do different things with his driver in the sim. They're, they are going to be tough to beat, and they couldn't be beat. So a lot of this depends on, you know, what happens in that opening race at Las Vegas for the ones who get there. But right now, I like Willie, Willie B. and Danny Hamlin. And the last thing I want to talk about is Spire Motorsports has made a lot of news over the last few weeks, recently adding on KBM to their, their portfolio here, as well as purchasing a charter for about $40 million. I think they're ready to make some noise here. A lot of the media is still kind of questioning, you know, what's going on with Spire. But what are your thoughts on on what Spire Motorsports' future could be now after these acquisitions they have made? 
Well, step by step, they've certainly built something there. And I'm not sure they were taken very seriously uh, in the beginning. They won a cup race with Justin Haley because of a lightning strike at Daytona. Everybody pitted. Justin stayed out. He wins the race when they finally had to cancel it. Uh, but at that point, I don't think anybody was taking Spire seriously. Then they came up with a couple of charters. Corey LaJoy has had some good runs here and there. The next-gen car kind of got them to equal footing pretty quickly. The old system, they they would still be floundering because all the other teams with all those years of experience, all the engineering they could do to their cars would simply take a baseball bat and beat them down every week. However, the next-gen car, like it has for front-row motorsports and some of these other teams, has kind of leveled the playing field so every once in a while they can jump up and have a good run. But Spire has bigger ambitions. There's no doubt about it. Jeff Dickerson, the co-owner there, they represent drivers. They're, they have a lot of ins with sponsors other teams that they've had to work with because, again, being an agent, if you will, for drivers. So they, they work with a lot of these guys. They have relationships with them. They certainly have eyes on something bigger. And the reason why people are wondering, like, what, what's going on here is Bainbridge, who's a major sponsor over in on the IndyCar series with uh, with Michael Andretti. Well, guess what? That whole group is ready to move on, come over to NASCAR, Marco Andretti. You can count on him driving one of those, what is now Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks next year. And, you know, again, Michael Andretti, where they're getting the money, they got a lot of money because they're getting ready to go F1, buy a charter there. And, and that, and so when they, you know, you tell them it'll cost you 40 million to go race in NASCAR. I mean, that's, that's chump change. That's like two races in Formula One. Uh, so, They've got the money and this Bainbridge, they got instant sponsorships. There's something big going on there. Inspire Motorsports has done a nice job taking everything step by step. Uh, and as things go, they're getting better. People are starting to respect what they're doing. And look, money talks, money talks. They put up a lot of money. The rumor is close to $40 million for the third charter that they farmed out to Trackhouse Racing. Kyle Busch Motorsports. Again, that's got to be a deal that's in the low millions, probably low single-digit millions, but still significant money. So they, they have the money, they put up the cash, and you have to start taking them a little more seriously. Hey, it's Jerry Caldwell, General Manager of Bristol Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network in Southeast. We continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast and we're very honored and privileged to welcome in our next guest here via the food depot zoom line as he made his uh, debut weekend in the top fuel uh division this past weekend in the nhra series ladies and gentlemen let's welcome in top fuel driver mr cody Mr. Chrome, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Absolutely. absolutely. It's another day, so it's always a great day. <laughs> Happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, sir. I know you had an exciting weekend debuting in the top fuel division of the NHRA series. Before we talk about your debut weekend, your thoughts and everything going into it, you're a first-time guest here on Southern Race Week Radio, and traditionally, when we have a guest on for the first time, want to learn a little bit about their background, what kind of uh, got you into the sport, because, uh, you know, in NHRA, especially in Top Fuel, it's a very dangerous sport. So uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got involved in into in the NHRA series. 
Yeah, so um, I definitely got introduced by my dad. He raced alcohol dragster and alcohol funny car in the late 80s and early 90s. And whenever I was eight, he put me in a junior dragster and kind of talked me through it and explained to me what was going on. And from there, it's it's been racing ever since. So we uh, raced that till I was 14. When I was 16, I got all my competition licenses through Frank Hawley School. I uh, went out and raced a nostalgia blown alcohol front engine car and... It just kind of progressed from there. I spent the first half of this season, well, beginning of February, I went and I got my top fuel license in Larry Dixon's car. Spent the first half of this season racing alcohol dragster and spent the second half working on cars until I made my debut in St. Louis. So this is something that's been in the family. You're, as you mentioned, your dad was in it. Was yeah. this is something that you kind of fell into yourself? Did you say to your dad, hey, I want to try this? Or did he come to you and say, hey, would you like to try this out and see if it's something you would enjoy doing? Yeah, so... uh we live in Southwest Florida, so it's he loved racing, and he he always kind of surrounded me with it, you know, put it on the TV or anything simple like that. And uh, one Thursday night, I think it was a Thursday night test session, he took me out there and we watched some juniors run. He was like, "Is this something you'd be interested in?" And I was an eight year old who saw a race car, so I'm like, "Heck yeah, this is something I want to do." And from there, it just kind of it, it kept progressing and it kept growing, and the it went from more of a man, this is pretty cool to, oh my God, I love this. So what was yeah. the process for you to get your top fuel license? Yeah, so every competition license in NHRA is uh, made up of a multi-run test. You have to make laps in a car, um, all progressing further than the previous one. So you have to have lower licenses. So they go from super comp to top dragster to top alcohol dragster to top fuel is the dragster licenses. And... uh I had all of my lower licenses, and to get my top fuel license, it consisted of four runs, a half-track run, an 800-foot run, and 2,000-foot passes. And we did that in Gainesville beginning of February, and uh, that went very well. I mean, we went out there and did a 600-foot run, 800-foot run, and 2,000-foot runs, and all went smooth. The car went down the track, and I had, uh, I had Larry Dixon and Frank Hawley sign off on my licenses So, because they are both licensed drivers or uh, officials you could say and you have to have someone of a of a higher license or a similar license sign off on it to kind of approve like hey i watched this person do this and they aren't going to screw up that much <laughs> speaking with top fuel driver cody chrome on this week's edition of southern racer radio and cody you had your debut this past weekend uh in the top fuel division of nhra uh, going into it, were you apprehensive? Was there any nerves? And also, did you reach out to any of the other top fuel drivers in your division to maybe get some advice or maybe get some pointers uh, before your first runs? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely nerve wracking. I was beyond nervous going into it. Um, I had, obviously that's the car I licensed in in the beginning of the year, so I was comfortable in the car. But being going from a test session with a few cars to a national event with fans and I think we had 18 cars that entered. It was it was a big change, and there was a lot to take in. But uh, all of my coaching came from the three guys that helped me license. I mean, my dad, Frank Hawley, and Larry Dixon. Larry Dixon is a three-time champion, so he kind of has that driver's perspective. Frank Hawley also has that top-field driver's perspective. And my dad also has that driver's perspective, but I think more importantly has the, the life perspective and like how to think when you're there, right? How, how to handle the situations, how to handle what you're feeling. Now, you guys have a handful of races left here in the NHRA season. What What is your goal? What What do you hope to accomplish um, with the last few races you have in top fuel 
when you wrap up the season here shortly? So I actually don't think I'm going to be racing anymore this year simply because, you know, it, there's a lot that goes into it financially. I mean, effort-wise, there's a ton, but financially there's a lot. And our goal with St. Louis was to kind of show that we could do it. And now the the job goes away from the track and goes more to the office to where you're sitting down and you're writing proposals and you're trying to find the right sponsor and partner to help you out to do it at a professional level. So basically now you're hands-on with that process, I'm assuming, yeah. with your dad. You're hands-on in, in helping him, you know, work with the sponsors, meeting with people. So in that aspect, that's you must enjoy that process as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And um dad has introduced me to a ton of people and mom my mom is very tech savvy i guess you could say to where i she's helped me a ton with just simple stuff like proposals i mean figuring out how to pitch an idea and how to appeal to those people and and how to accurately represent yourself so it's a family effort for sure and that's definitely i mean we're nose down right now working on writing those proposals and pitching those ideas and finding the partners to to fund this at a level of the expectation of what's going on. Now, Cody, if our listeners want to learn more about you, uh, maybe see some of your previous stuff or, you know, just learn more about you, maybe social media stuff, where can they go to follow along with you and maybe see what maybe be down, uh, down the road for you in maybe 2024. Yeah. So all of my social medias, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, they're all at Cody Crone racing with no spaces. So that's C O D Y. K-R-O-H-N racing. And that's where I'm most active. You can, I mean, I have updates on there from racing to schedule updates to what happened today at work, you know, <laughs> because uh, it, that's, that's where I keep most involved and that's where I kind of can keep everyone updated. Hey guys, this is LeVar Scott, Arca Menards East Drive for Revelation, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie, so we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line. He brings us all the latest news and information from the world of short tracks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of PRN at the track, which is available at goprn.com or on your local PRN affiliated station. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Lenny Bartiki. You hey, always you- make me feel good and uh, excited. Hey, buddy, like I always tell our, our our guests, man, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give a big deal introductions sir and when it comes to the world of short tracks there's no bigger guest we get than mr lenny Patiki, and uh, of course of host of go uh, prn at the track there always your short uh, track program that you do for the south and the the midwest as well you have two different variations of the show and always honored to have you on the show sir and of course as we always do we love having you on to uh, bring our listeners up to date on the latest in, in short track news and information uh before we went on the air you said it was a pretty slow week in the world of short tracks but a lot of Georgia drivers out there representing the uh, the great state in the uh, short track world. Yeah, as they always do. Uh, we had Emma Britt up here in North Carolina. She took a win at Southern National Motorsports Park. 
She knows how to drive those bandos. It's interesting to watch her continue to rise in her career. She'll be a great ambassador for the sport. Jonathan Davenport's in the top four for the Lucas Oil Series. He gets the playoff opportunity to be the Lucas champion this year. The way they're doing the uh, you know the playoff points, kind of NASCAR-like. So uh, good luck with uh, for JD and the Blairsville gang to uh, do well up there. Ashton Winger went across to the west over to the Talladega Short Track, took the win at the Talladega Short Track in the hunt for the front hunt the front series he is actually a guest on prn at the track this week so uh folks will be able to hear him chat about that um those are some of i you know kind of a tough weekend for brandon overton he's uh he's still having that kind of up and down season not uh the ones that he's had in the past so uh hopefully big sexy finds his way back to victory lane and this weekend the Hunt the Front Championship is over in Swainsboro. So hopefully folks will get on it and get over there to Swainsboro and uh, see a great race. Uh, you mentioned Emma Britt, who's been on this program a, a numerous amount of times, seen her race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, and like you mentioned, she's such a great talent, real down to earth, and really has a good head on her shoulders for the sport. Uh, so we'll see, I think, big, big things from her. Um, uh, definitely in the future, uh, uh, Lenny. And um, not only that, but also we've had some people already sign up for the Snowball Derby, which is coming up. Uh, I've seen Bubba Pollard has already kind of entered in. And there's even word to uh, some of the cup drivers. We usually see a few cup drivers uh, in the mix as well. But one of the names that have come out and said that he's interested is, is Bubba Wallace, who has never raced in the Snowball Derby before, I believe. But he's another big Cup Series name that is interested in in signing up and being a part of the Snowball Derby this year. That'd be cool. He was a pretty darn good uh, UARA stars late model racer. And, um, you know, I don't doubt that he'll be able to wheel it down there with those guys. It's been impressive to watch him with all the media swirl and everything else. He's been able to stay focused. And I think that's the key to that team. Tyler Reddick and him, they may not be doing as well in the uh, playoffs this year, but I think, you know, just surviving that any NASCAR Cup season is a, is something. And Bubba has certainly continued to rise. It's not that rocket ship, but it's the slow rise that you really want from a driver over the long haul. And um, I think better times are certainly ahead. And uh, Snowball Derby just be fun for him. Get, let him get down there and wheel it with some of those guys and throw helmets at each other if they have to and, uh, and all. But, um, you know, good stuff there for him. Um, certainly looking forward to it if he gets the opportunity. This weekend, um, Jake Garcia is amongst them going up to, or next weekend, Jake Garcia will be at Winchester, Indiana for the uh, Winchester 400. So a Georgia driver going to get some more lap time at a uh, really tight bull ring up there, the high banks, the historic track. And, um, you know, maybe Jake will carry some momentum down to Pensacola. Another great guest of the show as well, Jake Garcia. As we're, we're speaking with Lenny Baticki here, another great guest of Southern Racing Radio here. It's the host of PRN uh, at the track. And, and Lenny, I know we got a lot of great racing action coming up here as we, you know, it seems so hard to believe that we're about to end, end here in 2023 with just a, a few more months to go. But that means some of the best racing is going to be coming up here as a lot of these tracks will be ending their seasons and naming some champions. So what are some of the dates that some of our listeners might have want to have uh, circled on their calendar for big events that are coming up? Well, really, everywhere from Sugar Creek up towards Blairsville, Livonia is going to have great races, Sonoya, 
Chris Motorsports Park down in Cordial. And like I said, this weekend, you've got Swainsboro with the Hunt the Front Series Championship. That's going to be big. Will Harrington, a Georgia driver, is in it, and he wants to win it. So maybe get on over to Swainsboro for him. And then the Turkey 100 will be at Swainsboro on Thanksgiving. So lots and lots of action. The great thing about Georgia is it can get cool, but it doesn't really get so cold that you can't go see racing, except maybe right in that December, January area. And then you get February 25th. We're back at Atlanta Motor Speedway, baby. We come right off the beach and we go racing at Atlanta next year. And of course, uh, being uh, the host up here under the track, you're, you're part of the Performance Racing Network family and you're usually out of the track. Uh, both race dates doing a commentary and a little public address announcing work for us. So we're, so we're very excited. As you know, Atlanta Motor Speedway is the home track for Southern Race Week Radio, which is always a great place for the Bandoleros and Legends with uh, with the Thursday Thunder program and everything that Ken Reagan does here um, at the track for that. And and uh, let's talk about Ken Reagan for a little bit because I had the opportunity to talk to him at the, fina the finals of this past year's Thursday Thunder program. And he's just done a tremendous job, Lenny. And you can attest to this with a lot of the drivers that have come through that Thursday Thunder program, a lot of them in the Cup, Xfinity, and in the, in the Truck Series as well. Um, tell us a bit about the Ken Reagan's uh, contribution to not only here in Atlanta, but also with Charlotte Motor Speedway as well. All of the legends. And we already spoke about uh, a couple of guys that have come through his back three drivers. We've already spoke about Jonathan Davenport was a legends racer, Thursday Thunder driver. Uh, we talked about Ashton uh, Winger. I mean, yeah, Ashton Winger that, uh, you know, just won the hunt front over at the Talladega Short Track and Emma Britt. Those are three we spoke of before we ever even had a concept of talking about legends. And it goes on and on through the field. Donovan Strauss, the uh, Lanier track champion and just opening Lanier up to be able to have races out there. Really cool that the uh, legends of Georgia were able to uh, reopen the opportunity for racers to go around that historic oval. So uh, Ken Reagan, behind the scenes, always a good guy, always a smile, but a guy that can give you business advice about how to work your racetrack and certainly racing advice from a driver who ran Atlanta Motor Speedway and Charlotte Motor Speedway and all the Cup Series back in the day. So a very valuable asset for all of us. PR into the track is your program. You got some great guests that are always joining you for that. Uh, and you do two different variations. You do a show that focuses on the Southeast and one in the Midwest. So for our listeners who want to check out either variation of the show, uh, where can we send them to get them the, the information and to download the podcast, subscribe and listen in. GoPRN.com. Just uh, go to the shows tab there. And uh, I guess it's X now. We got to say X instead of Twitter. I can't figure out how to do that yet. But uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll keep you updated with uh, the grassroots racing information we find there. And then, of course, Southern Race Week Radio, because we certainly have a partnership with you and appreciate you, Alfie. Hey, it's Ron Caps, driver of the Nap Auto Parts Funny Car, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And once again, thanks to our great guests for joining us this week here on the program. Thanks to Mark Garrow the Performance Racing Network along with Corey Chrome, NHRA Top Fuel Driver, and then also host of PRN at the track, Lenny Patiki. So those, thanks to those great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And don't 
forget about our social media platforms. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio as we'll provide for you the latest in racing news and information via our Facebook and Twitter pages. So make sure, once again, go and like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. And then also don't forget about the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. If you want to hear this episode again or any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, just head on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And while you're there, go to the search, type in Southern Race Week, download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We always appreciate all our loyal listeners subscribing up to the podcast. And then also don't forget about our email address. If you want to reach out to us, leave us a comment about the radio show or the podcast. You can do so 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just send us an email to srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. But enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you again next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.